0: Let's pray together. as we come before you this morning. We are grateful for your son. We're grateful for this new year. We are grateful that you have given to us opportunities to praise the name, to proclaim the name. To read your word and proclaim your word. Lord, we ask that you open our eyes, open our hearts this morning to receive the truth of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last night we were invited, or at least our children were invited, to uh, a friend's house. And it was off Hushitu Road in Baton Rouge. If you're familiar with that is, it's near Prairieville, but by your main shack in that area. Lots of water, some parks and such. And as we were driving there... uh, uh, we noticed the fog was pretty bad. And this was probably around 1130. Uh, we were heading that way to go pick them up. And uh, we would taken two cars. And so when we got there, uh, they did some fireworks and such. And, uh, then we started to head home. And, and we had another stop to make. And um, just leaving the house, the fog was so dense That even in the neighborhood, we had to stop several times uh, because you couldn't see five feet ahead of you. And uh, we got to the main road to Hushitu Road, which is uh, it's a windy road. If you've ever been down, it's a back road. um, And I noticed as I was pulling out the car that was coming down the road, I saw headlights and he stopped, I guess, to let me out so that he'd have a car to follow (laughs) because it was so hard to see. And so we're making our way down these roads that are are quite difficult to navigate. And and every so often, the cars just stop because you you can't see in front of you. And and the first car, especially, has nothing to see. Um, At one point, a car got um, impatient, I guess, and he pulled around the side of the row of cars and was in the other lane. And they had their windows down, they were partying, you know. And uh, and I said, y'all need to get out of that lane. Cars are coming. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't ten seconds later when that car pulled off the side of the road into a neighborhood and a car and it zoomed right on by. You couldn't see anything. Crazy. I, I in, start the message with that to relate to sometimes. In that situation, if you're in a situation like that, you you know where you want to go. We knew we wanted to get home. But there was there were times when we couldn't even see what was going on around us. Uh, We didn't know even where the side of the road was at times. But we, we pressed on, slowly but surely we trudged through the fog, and praise the Lord, we made it home last night. Before it got too late and we made it here this morning in the fall. I thought that would be a good illustration to begin our year off. Because we begin a journey. Today, we begin a journey through the Bible. And uh, if you're not aware, I want to make you aware that we're going to be reading through the Bible together as a church. Chronologically, uh, it starts today. The reading plan is on our Website, on the Facebook page, and in the back of the room if you want one. Uh, we're going to be walking through the Bible. And and, and, and here's the, the thing. Sometimes people start reading the Bible. In my family, last two years ago when we did this last, uh, everybody started. But everybody didn't finish. And so this morning, you might feel like in, in three days that the fog has come around you. That you are lost and you're just reading words on a page. But I want to remind you and encourage you that you have a destination. And the goal is not that you're, you're finishing. But that you're understanding that God has revealed himself to us. One, through his son. Secondly, through his word. And we have his word right here in front of us that we can listen to, read, and study each and every day. And sometimes it feels like the fog has just overtaken us and that we're in a danger zone and that we have no idea what's happening. But I want to encourage you, keep it up. Uh, we have tried to give to you as a church some resources to help you understand what's going on. Uh, The Bible Recap is a daily podcast slash teaching mechanism to help you understand what's going on. You might want to listen to that before you read, to give you an idea of what's about to happen that day when you read. You might like it after to say, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, However you do it, it's okay. But you're looking at about 20 minutes, 25 minutes a day of studying and getting into God's Word. And y'all, it's going to do things in you. And in us. We can make it through the fog. We can learn on the journey. And like last night. There were there were some clear patches. And then it got foggy again. And then it got clear again. And then it got foggy again. And that's going to happen. But reading through God's word. And understanding. Is so worth it. Because you're going to make it home. You're going to understand. And know who God is. And you will have accomplished Reading all of what God has given to you to know himself, to know his son, and to do the work that he has prepared for you to do. So I'm excited. I'm encouraged. And I hope that you will begin today and continue tomorrow and give some time each and every day to reading through God's word. All right. With all that said, I want to set you up today uh, with some ask you some questions and set you up with uh, a way for, for us to understand what's going on in uh, in the Bible today so first off uh, mr. Wayne has one uh, graphic for us this year each year I do a theme um, and present a theme to use the church and I promote it. Um, And I ask you to to, to jump on board with what we're doing this year. The theme is going to be know your word and share your word, know your word or know the word and share the word. So we're going to be digging into the word this year. Um, I'm going to try to do my best as a pastor slash teacher to teach you things to know about your Bible. If you want to know where the fall is, where is the fall? Where's the fall of man happening? What chapter of the Bible is that? Genesis chapter what? Chapter 3. Right, so that's going to be one this morning that I'm giving you. Creation, and the creation narrative is chapters 1 and 2. The fall is Genesis chapter 3. And, and here's the thing for us to remember: it doesn't take very long for everything that God made that was good to become corrupted. It only takes one, two. Three chapters in. So this morning, if you want to hang a peg and create kind of a mental note of where something is in the Bible, Genesis 3 is the fall. And if you ever want to refer to it or read about it, Genesis chapter 3, that is the peg I want you to So you're going to know the word and you're going to share the word. Now I've got one other graphic for you that is kind of a map of the entire Bible. All right. Uh, So it starts off with creation and then you have the fall. And you've got things just kind of fall off. And if you can see it at the bottom, creation goes into the fall. And then the rest of the scripture is kind of leaning into or or presenting itself as a redemption story. In fact, this was one of our themes years ago, the story of redemption. The the Bible gives us creation, the hard fall in Genesis chapter what? Chapter 3. And then it leads us into redemption and the, the, the coming redemption that's coming. And I'm going to to break that down a little bit more here in detail. But the redemption is going to be coming and building up to, and I love the way that Allison did this graphic, creation, a hard fall, and then a redemption that builds up to the kingdom. And that is when Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. And he establishes his kingdom, and that's going to be for all eternity. So this is kind of a roadmap. if you remember the Bible, this is kind of what it's doing. It's God's creation, the fall, the build-up to redemption, and then the king comes, and the kingdom of God rules and reigns. That's that's the, the uh, model we're going to use, the framework that we're going to use this year for our understanding what the Bible is. This week, you're going to hit creation, you're going to hit fall, and you're going to begin to see redemption when you get into Genesis chapter 12. And the promise through Abraham. So you're going to hit all that this week. So you're going to hit the first week, chunk. This week is a really important week for you. So again, I encourage you begin reading. Try to keep up the very best you can. Um, and, and you can always catch up. And if you, if you get lost in the fog, just start reading again. Uh, you're going to make it. Alright. So let me back up a little bit and, and prepare for you. And ask you some questions. Because... The, the theme of know the word. Sometimes as Christians we walk through life knowing little, little nuggets of things. Uh, little pieces. We, we know that David defeated Goliath. Right? We know that. As, as And we know bigger chunks of the story. Like yes, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. And, and there their problems ever since then. Most of you know that, uh, that Solomon was a king. And, and you probably know that Jesus came and that he healed some people. But do you know, if you're trying to, to present to somebody, what is the main idea of the Bible? Or, or what is the, the Bible all about? Or does it, does it answer difficult questions in our lives like, why are we here? Why do I have to go to school every day? Or why am I working this job? Or, or is there a point in my retirement? You know, at, at different phases, we ask questions. like, Does it even make sense? Why did God make me? And these are questions, how did God make me? These are questions that the Bible, that the Bible addresses. And, and the information is there for us. And it's not always easy. To put it all together, but when you take these, uh, a a brick here and a brick here and a brick here and a brick here, they're all scattered out. But when you begin to put them together, you realize there's a great foundation, right, Granny, that we can build something on and we can build a structure that's worth having. Sometimes a lot of Christians walk through life with just a, a yard full of scattered bricks and we've never really built anything that... That has any semblance or value. So my hope this year is to equip you and help you to bring some of these bricks together into your foundation and into a structure that is worth having. Here are some of the other questions. Are Christians supposed to follow the Ten Commandments? Where are the Ten Commandments found anyway? I want to give you some pegs, some, some memory notches to know how to remember where the Ten Commandments are. Where was the fall, by the way? Genesis chapter three. chapter 3. You're going to learn that. Remember that. There's also great things in the fall, and I'll talk about these next week. Uh, does the Bible talk about cultural things that we're dealing with now, like sexuality, gender, identity, racism, poverty, immigration? Are we supposed to be involved in politics at all? Um, Do we read the Bible? Do we read the Bible figuratively or literally? Or do we read it both? These are questions that that we need to know as Christians of of what we're supposed to be doing with this Bible. If if you were with a a family member and they came up to you and they said, All right, Ambriel, what's the big idea? What's the Bible all about? Tell me in four sentences. What's the Bible about? Would you have a way of responding? And I hope that maybe after this morning, if you look at the next graphic, you can say, okay, yeah, I can give you four sentences. Wayne, if you don't mind pulling up that, that other graphic, I'll give you four sentences that the Bible is about. Well, it is that God created everything. God existed. He created everything. And he had a reason to do it. He didn't just needlessly create everything. He He created everything for a reason. And after his creation, man chose to abandon the principles and the truth that God had given to them. And that's all realized in a person named Adam and Eve. So God made things, and then mankind rebelled against God. And that was the fall. And then. God spent years and years pointing to a a king who would come and redeem all of God's people. He would save sinners that repent and establish a kingdom that would rule and reign forever. That's the main idea of the Bible, I'm glad you asked. Because there's four little, little pegs that you can say, creation, fall, redemption, kingdom. And you can say, if I have to explain the Bible, there might be another better way. I get that. But this is a way that we can clearly say, this is what the Bible in essence is about. God, the fall of man, the redemption of man, and the kingdom that has come, that that God's people are a part of. It's a good way to know this is the main story of the Bible. The main theme of the Bible. Do you know your Bible? Do you read the Old Testament like you read the New Testament? Are we supposed to read them the same? Do we read them differently? You need to know the answer to that question. Does the Bible teach us how to do church? Or do we just pick things that we think might work well? Is there a reason that, uh, that we sing certain types of songs? Or that we even sing at all in church? Does the Bible answer these questions? So let me, let me just touch base with quick answers to those questions that I've asked because some of those are difficult. And then I want to get into a little bit, dig in a little bit more to uh, our model here and what the scripture says. So let me go back to some of those questions. Are you all with me this morning? Yeah. Right, th- these are things I want you to know as you read the Bible. All right. What's the main point of the Bible? Well, I think this is a great way to explain the main point of the Bible. Why do we exist? Well, the Bible, I'll, I'll have some scripture for you later, but we exist for Christ to know him, to make him known. Uh, the, the confession said it like this. We exist to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, you can say that many ways, but we are God's people for his purposes. We know him. We make him known. We glorify him or make him known. How do we exist? Because God made us out of nothing. Christianity has the only, in my, opinion, in my opinion, has the only realistic solution to the, the nature of matter and being. Is that God, a spiritual being, in a moment said, let there be, and there was. There, Nothing cannot be formed, something can't be formed out of nothing. You have to get your something to be able to have something. So, how do we exist? Because God said, And we talked about this a couple Sunday nights ago. God made it. God, as spiritual being, made it. And, and made everything. Alright? How do we exist? God made everything. God made everything. Are we supposed to follow the two commandments? In essence, yes. But they're not directly for the New Covenant believers. And we'll talk about that as we walk through. In essence, yes, we do everything the Ten Commandments say because they reflect the character of God. But we don't keep the Sabbath in the way that the ancient Israelites kept the Sabbath. We'll talk about that. But in essence, yes, but not exactly the way that ancient Israel did. And we're not supposed to. So that's the answer to that one. Now, does the Bible teach us about cultural the items like today? yes. Look, um, sin is sin. Righteousness is righteousness. We stay away from sinful things. We do righteous things. There was sin in Jesus' day. There was righteousness in Jesus' day. We keep the principles that Jesus taught us, that the apostles taught us. Uh, We do the things that are good. We love God. We love our neighbors. We do those things. Yes, the Bible teaches about them. They're all over the Bible. We will go through them this year. All of the items that I mentioned. Do we interpret the Bible literally or figuratively? Yes. It depends on how the author intended it to be interpreted. (laughs) That's the answer. Um, The things that are literal, you interpret literally. The things figurative, figuratively. We'll go through genres. The Psalms are a different type of genre than Genesis is. As you read your Bible, you're going to be reading Genesis and Job this week. That's narrative. Not everything Job does are things that we're supposed to do. Not everything that Abraham or Abram does are things we're supposed to do. We can't force these things. It's a narrative. It's what happened. You read it as a narrative, not as a prescription for us to do everything the same way. But we learn about the character and the nature of God through narrative. We learn about what it means to live a a Christ-exalting or a God-exalting life. So there are things we learn in narrative, but we read it as a narrative. Um, So make sure when you're reading the Bible, you're reading it for the way it was intended. Is there one main theme of the Bible? Yes, there is. It's the theme of redemption and kingdom and fall and creation. These things. Should everyone be reading the Bible, or should we just let the pastors teach us? I didn't read that one. Should everyone read the Bible? What do you think, Tyler? Yeah? Yeah? How come everybody doesn't? If the answer is yes. Here's the thing with the Scripture. The Scripture points us to God. If you want to know God, you have to read the Bible. I don't know else how to tell it. It's not an easy thing to do, to read the Bible. It takes effort and work. But like I've been told, here's the illustration. Um, If you rake, you get leaves. If you dig, you get diamonds. Raking is much easier than digging for diamonds. But you don't have something worth much value at the end of the day. Reading the Bible, spending a year reading, uh, reading almost a million words is is a lot of work. All right. Uh, Do we read the Old Testament and New Testament differently? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, we should. The Old Testament is a covenant with a nation. The New Testament. Is Jesus come to make a covenant with his people? Is there overlap? Do those things cross a bit? Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, they do. But but you don't read them in the same way. And Jesus did. Paul did. The apostles did as they interpreted. So we talk about how to read. You read it for what it was intended to say. Old Testament is looking forward to a redeemer coming. It's teaching a nation how to govern itself. New Testament is... Here is Jesus, and this is what Jesus has for his new covenant believers. That's you and me. We are not Israelites. We are Christians in the new covenant. We don't need to act like Israelites in the old covenant. There's a church, if you want to do that, there's a church that does that. But it's not this one. This is a new covenant church that believes differently. Okay? Well, the good thing about the new covenant, Trinnell, and I know you and I have talked about this, is we got Jesus today. We know who he is. And that's the beautiful thing. All right, one more thing. Does the Bible really answer life's most difficult questions? And, and the answer is yes. <laughs> but there's a caveat, and it's maybe not a simple answer. Is Some people have a lot of questions that aren't directly answered by what the Bible says. Um... But, but here's the thing that we need to know. As, as you are reading the Bible this year, the Bible has in it everything that God wanted us to know. So this is where we as humans, sometimes we, uh, we get a little bit off base. Or it's easy to get off track. The Lord has revealed to us everything that He wants us to know. It's all, It's there. We have to come to grips with the fact that we don't have to know everything. And we don't always have to know why. And that's hard. It's hard when young ladies are killed in a car accident. Right? Or you lose a child. Those, those are hard but And you want to know why. But you don't always have to know why. And, and, and there are difficult things that, that the Bible doesn't answer directly. But it gives us a framework to, to work within to say, well, these are the things I do know. And based on what I do know, I can deal with what I don't know. And, and y'all, it's, it's not easy. Uh, life is not easy. Uh, and the Bible doesn't say that life's going to be easy, even when we have the Scripture and when we do believe in Christ. Uh, the, the, the purpose of the Bible is not uh, easy, is not up here. And, and I know that it, it, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about this morning, but, but there are things in life that are just tough. They're, they're hard, and they take time and effort, uh, and they, they continue to hurt us. But the scripture gives us what we need. And I've had conversations with several of you this year. About hard situations that you're dealing with. I know it. It's, it stinks. But there's a, a greater purpose. Even in our pain. That God has. And we have to trust him through that. Alright. The Bible has two testaments. 66 different books. 1,189 chapters, 31,173 verses, and 773 plus thousand words. It was written by 40 different authors with one editor or main author, if you will. The Spirit of God breathed out the Bible. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3.16... All Scripture is God-breathed. It is meant to communicate the will and the nature of God to us. Written by 40 different people who all together wrote a separate message that has one uniting story of redemption for us. 40 different people came together and did not contradict in a way that is... um, that we understand the Bible is without error. And it is perfect in every way that God has given it to us. The Word of God. Now our translations, they may have be missing uh, a word here or there from what the original text was. But everything communicated through the apostles. Perfect. And it was written over a time span. Anybody know how many years the, from the first author, Moses, to the last author, most believed to be John. How many years did that span? Any guesses? Fifteen hundred. years. Fifteen hundred years. That forty people came together to give us the Word of God, and we today, this year, twenty twenty three, get to get to read it. It starts with creation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go fast, Wayne. I know you've got a whole lot of scripture, and I prepared a whole lot of scripture for you, but. It begins in Genesis 1 with creation. God created man in His own image. We were made for a purpose. We were made to reflect who God is. We were made to reflect. We were made in His image. We are supposed to look like God. Not be God, but look like God. And that is why when one is born again into the Christian faith, we are to reflect the character and nature of Christ. That is one of the primary things we are supposed to do. Act like Jesus. We are made in God's image to reflect Him. He told us, be fruitful, multiply, spread this image. Have dominion over the world. It is yours. It is made for you to enjoy who I am, who God is. Have dominion over it. Rule it. Rule the world as I rule the world. Now, some people can take that way out of context. But, it is our job to... to to have authority and to conquer and to do things that matter in this world. To learn things and to uh, engineer things. Right, Dennis? To figure out how to make things work because that honors God. Because he's a God who's engineered us. You see it? All right. John one. this is our verse for the year. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Verse four, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. God gave life. So this is that creation, that first creation. God gave life to you and me for a purpose, and that is that we might reflect who He is. Uh, Colossians one sixteen says this, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created in Help me out, church. All things were created, what? Through him. Through him and... Do you see it? You were created for God. For Christ. And and there are joys in that. There is pain in that. There is relaxation in that. And that we know that Jesus has done our our salvation for us. He's he's done the work. But there's also work in that, that we are to proclaim His goodness. So so there are lots of things going on here. We as Christians are a part of that, but we are created for Him. For from Him, through Him, and to Him be all things. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's creation. God created us for a purpose. We're His. Let's do it. Then there was in what chapter? Genesis chapter 3, There was that fall. And that man abandoned God and his plan, his good plan for us to to have dominion, to rule, to reign, to, to proclaim his goodness, to image him, to act like him. Mankind chose to do his own thing, to take the fruit, to be his own God, to do his own thing, to have the knowledge of good and evil, to be able to have a will to make our own decisions. And to abandon the truth that God made good decisions and say, I want to make my own. I'm, not, I'm going to be disobedient to who God is. that is the fall and throughout it taints all of humanity and there is a cost of the fall. And as we read through the Old Testament, you'll be reading this week, a man kills his own brother because he's jealous. And think of what you have to do to kill somebody. Killed his brother. Cain kills Abel. A man takes an entire nation full of people. And enslaves them. And treats them harshly. Abuses them. Treats them less than human. We see that in Exodus. Pharaoh. The story of Pharaoh enslaving the nation. Assyria and Babylon come in. And brutally killing thousands upon thousands of people to prove that they have um, strength and power. We see the effects of sin in the way that men treat women in the Old Testament and the way that that women treat men in the Old Testament. We see the effects of the fall. It's, It's all over. We see the wars and the battles and the death. We see the pain and the suffering. And this is all from... The fall, But let me bring it forward just a, a minute and bring it back to us. Because one of, I think, the most precious passages in all of Scripture for me comes in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 1 through 10. And I'm just going to read it. It is that Jesus Christ, in this fall, God did not leave us to stay fallen or to stay condemned by the fall. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. You were dead. Christian, you were dead. Conquered by the fall. Fallen away from God. And broken. And rebellious. And dead. You were spiritually not alive. You walked following the course of the world. Following the prince of the power of the air. Following the devil. Following God's... uh, The opposite of what God would desire. Look at verse 3. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. This is the fall. It's it's reality in us. And then verse 4. But God. And here comes the next. We turn the page and get to redemption. The next page it says. God is working all through history to redeem. And Christian you are one of those God has redeemed. You are part of the narrative. You're part of God's story of redemption. Verse 4, but God being what? Rich in mercy. Oh, the character and nature of God. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in love. Because of the great love with which He loved us. God is love, 1 John tells us. God loved us richly, greatly. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. That is that redemption phase. That working together and redemption phase. And then you get to verse 6 and we get to this, this kingdom phase. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the kingdom. In the heavenly places. What is the kingdom of God? Help me out, church. We know the definition. The kingdom of God is God ruling. And reigning in the hearts of His people. Spiritually in the hearts of His people. So you've got creation, the fall, redemption. God, but God, being rich in mercy, great in love, redeemed you, Christian. And He raised you up and seated you in the kingdom. He drew you into the kingdom of God. Verse 7. So that in the coming ages... He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace. And kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For all eternity. We will be with God. Seeing His kindness. The richness of His kindness. Seeing the richness of His grace. Christian. If you think about God. One of the first things you should think about. Is that God is gracious. If you are a redeemed Christian. The one of the first things you should think about is, oh God, you are so gracious to reach down and save this sinner. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never studied the Bible or understood the story of the Bible. Here it is. We are in a state that has fallen, that is broken, and that has earned God's punishment. The Bible calls that punishment hell. It calls that. It teaches if we die apart from being redeemed by God, then we will suffer for all eternity. But God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, he sent his son. And maybe this morning you need to respond to God's grace and say, Lord, I've heard it, but I'm not following you. I'm openly walking as my own God doing what I want to do. I pick you when you're convenient, but otherwise I do whatever I want. And maybe there's a moment today, maybe there's a time this year that you need to say, but I'm going to humble myself before the king and say, Lord Jesus, grant me entrance into your kingdom. Transform my soul. Bring me to life spiritually. Spiritually. Raise me up and seat me with Christ. I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I come to you. Save me, my God. And I'll follow you and I'll give you the rest of my life. I will be a subject in your kingdom. Maybe that's today for you. Maybe it's a new year and a new life for you today. But that's what redemption is. coming to life spiritually and surrendering yourself and embracing who God is. Romans 5.8 says this. But God shows his love for us. God demonstrates. While we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Alright Father. Let me close out today with this. Jesus established the kingdom. He came. His first sermon reported in the book of Mark. Clay taught us about this. His first sermon in Mark 1.15 says this. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. When Jesus showed up. He established his kingdom. He said, I am the redeemer. I will draw people into my kingdom. And he draws people into his kingdom. Christian, you are one of those. And then he gives us a way to live that doesn't follow the prince of the power of the air. That doesn't follow the way of the world. That doesn't follow the powerful political, whether it's blue or red. It doesn't follow those systems. It follows Jesus' system. And it says this. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. In the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5. Who see God. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Who humble themselves. Before the king. Blessed are the pure in heart. Who are pure in their heart. That's that's how Jesus begins his his kingdom ethic. And then he later in Matthew. He talks about. That He's the one that fulfills the righteousness that we need. That we don't act out of anger. That we don't act out of lusts and sexual desires that are inappropriate. That, that we don't... Um, we keep our oaths. That we don't retaliate against people. He teaches us how to pray in the kingdom. That it is a, a kingdom-centric prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. He teaches us to store up treasures in heaven, in the kingdom of God, not here on earth. He teaches us not to be a hypocrite or to judge people hypocritically, to seek, ask, and knock for God and to be in his dwelling presence and to dwell in his presence. To follow the narrow road, the road of righteousness that leads us to life, not the, the broad road that leads us to death. To be a wise builder. He teaches us all these things in his teachings. And then in Luke 9, he he teaches his disciples these things. And then he says, alright, I've taught you what the kingdom's about. This is what the kingdom is. This is how you're supposed to live. And then he says, he takes the 12 and he brings them together. He gives them authority over the demons to cure diseases. In verse 2 he says this, and then he sent them out to proclaim, what church? The kingdom of God. And to bring healing. I'm closing with this today. God created the world. And he created us to look like him. To image him. Mankind fell. God has sent redemption. In his son. He's promised redemption. And he's brought redemption. And now we live in kingdom phase. We learn what the kingdom is. And then we go teach others. Like the disciples did. We go share with others. What the kingdom and who the king is. Alright? Alright? That's it. There's a year's worth of studying to make that happen. But that's it. You know the theme of the Bible. You're ready to read it. Look forward to it. Remember all four parts. Read your Bible. Act out. Live your kingdom life. Be like Jesus. Share Jesus. Look forward to Jesus' return. Like Stephen says, let's go. Let me pray for us. Lord, we are thankful for the word of God that you've given us. As we prepare to go to live the life, to do what you've made us to do. Help us, Lord, be faithful to reading your word. Lord, give us clarity. Give us understanding. Lord, we thank you for the resources you provided to us to help us understand the Word of God. God, as we learn the Bible, as we learn the Word, help us, Lord, to love you more. Not to just finish reading or not to just be educated, but to be lovers of our God and lovers of our neighbor. Let us fulfill the great commandments you've given us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.